Merry Christmas. <laughs> so I'm glad you're here at Life Church to celebrate with us this last Sunday before, before Christmas. You know, it's the Christmas season. We have Christmas lights. What else do you think about? Christmas cookies comes to mind. Uh, Christmas sales, Christmas gifts, Christmas parties, Christmas vacation, Christmas cards, and the list goes on and on. All kinds of things we do at Christmas. It's a busy season. Anybody else especially busy at Christmas? There's so much to get done, so much that, uh, to get caught up in that sometimes we don't take time to reflect what Christmas is all about. So I'm glad you're here this morning because hopefully nobody is writing Christmas cards during the service this morning, okay? <laughs> and hopefully nobody's baking any cookies or sending Christmas texts or anything like that. We're going to focus on Jesus this morning and take some time to worship Him. You know, when you drive around at night, you see the Christmas lights, don't you? And you see lots of reindeer and lots of Santas and lots of Frosty the Snowmans, and occasionally you'll see a nativity set with the baby laying in the manger, just like we have over here on my left. And we're getting closer with that nativity set to what Christmas is all about. Christmas doesn't have anything to do with Santa or reindeer or Frosty the Snowman. It has to do with a baby that was born 2,000 years ago named Jesus. He's the reason for the season. And so this morning we're going to take a look at Jesus, perhaps in a little bit different way than you've ever looked at him before. And we're going to talk about how Jesus is a lot more than simply this baby in the manger. Today, the message is called Jesus, the Alpha and Omega. You notice in the slide, one letter looks like an A, the other letter is like, who knows what it looks like? Well, those are the capital letters, Alpha and Omega, of the Greek language. The Greek language was the language in which the New Testament was written. It was the common language of the day. Just like English is pretty much the international language of today, in the time of Jesus, Greek was the common language. These letters, Alpha and Omega, are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. Just simply as we have A and Z, in the Greek alphabet it's Alpha and Omega. In the very last chapter of the Bible, Jesus says, and I'd encourage you uh, this morning to pull out the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It has the outline written out here. You can follow along. It has uh, study questions on the back as well. You can use those in your personal study time or at our life groups. Well, actually, we're not going over it. We have a party tonight, but uh, you can study them in your, on your own. Jesus said in Revelation 22:13, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Revelation 22 is the very last chapter of the last book in the Bible. And here Jesus is giving us some information about himself. What is he saying? He's saying that he is the beginning and the end of everything. He's the beginning and end of human history. And he's the ruler of everything in between. And so today God wants us to expand our thinking about the significance of Jesus this Christmas. He wants us to understand him in a new way. He was born in a manger 2,000 years ago, that's true, and yet he is Lord of all, he is King of kings, and he reigns today. So let's look a little more closely at Jesus, the Alpha and Omega. Jesus was in the beginning. 
Now, you and I have a beginning. We were conceived and born into this world. But contrary to what many people believe, Jesus' life did not begin when he was born on Christmas, Christmas Day, born from the, his mother Mary. Jesus existed long before that, the Bible tells us. In fact, Jesus was present at the very beginning of the history of the universe. Not only was Jesus present at the beginning of the universe, the Bible teaches us that Jesus is, was, and is eternally God. Let's look at John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word is Jesus. And the Word was God, and the, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And so in this passage in the Gospel of John, Jesus is referred to as the Word. And John was inspired by the Holy Spirit. He tells us that Jesus, the Word, existed in the beginning with God. He was not just with God. Jesus was God. And so Jesus is one of the three persons of the Trinity. We have the Father, the Son, who is Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And as such, Jesus has always existed. There never was a time in which Jesus didn't exist. And as God, Jesus exists, in fact, outside of time, if you can wrap your heads around that. And he is eternally God. God's word, the Bible tells us that Jesus created the universe. It says, through him, in verse 3 of John 1, speaking of Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And so that baby lying in a manger that we worship at Christmas time made everything. Jesus made the entire universe. Consists of trillions of galaxies, stars, black holes, quasars, and all kinds of other things we haven't even discovered yet. He flung those into existence. In the entire universe, Jesus chose to create a planet called Earth. That's just a tiny speck in this vast cosmos that's out there that we are understanding how enormous it is more and more. This little speck of a planet called Earth was perfectly suited for sustaining myriads of kinds of life, plant, animal, and human life. Scientists continue to discover how perfectly suited the Earth is. Just recently, there's radiation bands in the sky that prevent harmful radiation from the sun, uh, frying us all to smithereens. It's out there. It's protecting us. Perfectly suited. And Jesus made humans in the image of God. In his own image, he created human beings, male and female. They were created by Jesus with a purpose, to have a relationship with their creator. That's why we were created, to have a relationship with him. And so Jesus created humans so that we would love him and that he could love us in return. We were created to be fulfilled in life, to have a purpose in life and in eternity by serving and worshiping him. And so Jesus created humans. He created you. He created me to live forever, to live with him forever. And that was his plan in the beginning and so when we see this nativity scene with Jesus lying in a manger and, oh, isn't the baby cute and this kind of thing, think about who Jesus was. This baby Jesus who did lay in a manger existed as, always existed as the eternal God. 
This baby Jesus was the one who spun the galaxies into motion. He created the earth on which we live. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. And as the three wise men came to lay their crowns before him and bow before and worship him, so this Christmas we should also worship him. Not just as the baby in a manger, but as God and as our creator, the one who made us in his very own image, the one who made us to love him and to enjoy friendship with him forever. And so this Christmas, let's worship Jesus as our God and our creator. And so this eternal God, this Jesus who created the universe, who exists outside of time, this same Jesus entered into human history. Philippians 2 verse 6 says, Jesus, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And so 2,000 years ago, Jesus was in heaven, surrounded with myriads of angels, The glory of God was there. He was ruling the universe. But he was thinking about this small planet circling a G2V type yellow dwarf star. Anybody know what that is? That's a classification for our sun, okay? There's millions of stars like that. Located on the Orion arm of the Milky Way galaxy. He was thinking about this one little speck in this vast cosmos. He was watching the planet that we call Earth because it was just about time for him to enter into human history. And when the Father gave the green light, he came. And he altered our history forever. He laid down his power. He laid down his glory. He laid down his majesty that he had in heaven. He came from a place of perfection, of unbelievable beauty, blazing light. And when he was born and opened his little baby eyes, what did he see? <clears throat> he saw cattle and oxen and he smelled the smell of a barn. He was born as a baby and very humble circumstances. John 1.14 says, The Word, speaking of Jesus, became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so Jesus, the eternal God, took on human flesh. He became a human being just like you and me, and yet He remained still fully divine. He came from heaven to earth to live among us as one of us. He came to show us the truth of where we came from and where he desires for us to go. Jesus came as a baby to show us what God was like, to teach us the truth about God, to demonstrate God's grace. And why did Jesus do it? Why did he enter human history? Such a drastic step. Why did the eternal God take on human flesh? Well, he came to be born, to ultimately die to save us. Revelation 1.5 says, Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, 
to him who loves us. Underline that word, loves us. You could cross out us and put me, who loves me. And has freed us, you can cross that out and put freed me from my sins by his blood. And so Jesus entered human history because something had gone terribly wrong with creation. You see, he created all these people to love him and to have a relationship with him in the beginning, and something terrible had happened. The human beings who had been created in the image of God had rebelled against God and had gone to do their own thing. And because of human rebellion, the Bible calls sin, people's relationship with God had been broken. And the fellowship, the friendship that God had created people for was no longer happening. Mankind was worshiping idols. You know, there's this great creator God who created everything that they were supposed to worship. And they were chipping out little stone images and bowing down to them. How foolish. They were devoted to violence. They were killing one another. Killing others that were created in the very image of God. They were afflicted with demonic spirits who were causing all kinds of difficulties. And mankind's destiny apart from God was eternal death, separation from God forever. And so something had to be done. And so Jesus, because of his great love for the people that he had created, he and the Father came up with this plan to come into the world. To live as one of us and ultimately to die on the cross. Taking our sins upon himself. Dying in our place. That we might be forgiven. That we might be freed from our sins. And so Jesus came so that those who believe in him. Who put their trust in him. So that they might be saved from this eternal death. So that they might have eternal life. The life that they originally been created for. And so Jesus died on the cross. And although he died on the cross, he didn't stay dead. He was raised as Lord of all. Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore God exalted him, speaking of Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And so God the Father validated that Jesus' death had paid for our sins. He raised him from the dead. And Jesus ascended back into heaven from where he had come. And in heaven, Jesus was given the name that is above every name. And so Jesus is Lord of all. He's King of kings. He's Lord of lords. He's the head honcho of the universe. Okay, He's the top dog. He's, he's above everything else. No power can stand against him. He conquered every evil force on the cross He is reigning until all evil is eradicated from his creation. He is the king of kings. I'd like us to watch a a video called Jesus, the King of Kings. This Christmas, we worship Jesus who humbled himself to enter into human history, who came to die for us that we might be saved. And so Christmas... It's truly mind-boggling when you think about it. The God who created the universe came into this tiny, dusty, dirty stable 
to be born in a manger because He loved us. He came not just to be born, but to live a short life and to die on the cross that we might be restored to relationship with Him. That we might be freed and forgiven of our sins. And so this Christmas, let's worship Jesus as our Savior. This Jesus who came for his, because of His great love for us. And so Jesus is the Alpha. He's the beginning, the first. He's also the Omega. The end and the last. And so just as Jesus began everything in creation, Jesus will bring the end. In Revelation 1 verse 17, it says, When I saw Him, that is Jesus, Apostle John is writing, He says, I fell at His feet as though dead. Then He placed His right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid, I am the first and the last. And so not only did Jesus create the earth, not only did He begin history, He also will bring history to an end as we know it. And so on that first Christmas 2,000 years ago, Jesus entered into human history. He came to this planet for the first time to be born as a baby. And following His death and resurrection, He returned to heaven. He ascended to heaven until He waits. The Bible says He's waiting for the proper time. The time in which He will return to earth for the second time. Revelation 22, verse 12, Jesus says, Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what He has done. And so at the end of all time, Jesus will return to the earth, the earth that He created. It will be the second coming. The first coming was as a baby on that first Christmas. The second coming won't be as a baby. I can assure you that. He's coming as King of Kings. He's coming as Lord of Lords. He comes for the second time as judge of the earth to give to everyone what is due to them. And so when Jesus returns, He's going to wrap up human history as we know it. He'll usher in the events that lead to eternity and the new heavens and new earth. And so when Jesus returns at the end of time, He'll give believers eternal life. Jesus says in verse 14 of Revelation 22, Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Those who wash their robes are believers whose sins have been forgiven. They've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Their sins have been cleansed. Believers will be given the right to eat from the tree of life, the tree of eternal life, that they might live forever with Jesus. Remember, there was a tree of life in the Garden of Eden, was there not? And because of sin, they could never eat from that tree. They were banished from the Garden. But now, when Jesus returns, believers will be given right to eat, the right to eat from this tree of life that they might live forever with Jesus. Believers will be allowed to enter this holy city, this holy city from heaven, which we see in Revelation coming down from heaven to earth in the new heavens and the new earth. Those who are not believers, the Bible goes on in Revelation 22 to tell us that they'll be cast into outer darkness, into a place of eternal torment called hell. And so, in the end, all sin, all evil, all unbelief will be purged from God's creation of the new heavens and earth. And Jesus will have His heart's desire of spending eternity 
with the people that he created. People who have bowed their knee and acknowledged Jesus as Lord of their life in this life. Believers who love him and who he loves. The family of God together with him forever. Philippians 2, verse 10 and 11 says, At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, at the very end, the Bible tells us here that every knee is going to bow, every knee is going to confess that Jesus is Lord, both those who are believers and those who are not. Everybody's going to understand that Jesus is King of Kings, that Jesus is Lord of Lords. And yet those who have bowed the knee and made Jesus Lord of their life in this life are the ones who are going to spend eternity with them, with him. And those that are forced to bow the knee at the judgment seat are going to be banished. They're still going to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, but they're going to be banished because they did not make the decision to make Jesus Lord of their life in this life. And so this morning, the last Sunday before Christmas 2014, I want to ask you a question. This question really is the most important question in the world. Have you bowed your knee to Jesus and confessed him as Lord of your life? Have you bowed your knee and confessed Jesus as your Lord? None of us knows how long our lives are going to last. And when life is over, your opportunity to acknowledge Jesus as Lord and spend eternity with him will be over. None of us knows when Jesus will return. Jesus said he's coming soon. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. We don't know. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready for his return? Because that baby that was born in a manger 2,000 years ago, this Jesus who created the universe is coming again to this earth as King of Kings. And so this Sunday, this Christmas Sunday, is a great time to be sure that you're ready. Here's how to commit your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. First of all, admit that you sinned. What is sin? Sin is in essence you sitting on the throne of your own life. You deciding what you want to do, where you want to go, how you want to spend your life. The middle letter of the word sin is I. I is on the throne. That's what sin is all about. We acknowledge each one of us has sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Secondly, we believe that Jesus came on that first Christmas. He died and came born as a baby. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross that our sins might be forgiven. And we put our trust in him. We believe in him. We trust him with our lives. We commit our lives to him as our Lord and Savior. And what that means is, Jesus, what you tell me to do, I'm going to do. Jesus, what you tell me to say, I'm going to say. Jesus, where you tell me to go, I'm going to go. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. I'd like to ask you to bow your heads right now. And if you're not sure that you've committed your life to Jesus as your Lord, I'd encourage you now to pray with me and to do that. And if you do that and you really mean it with your heart, with all of your heart, your life will be transformed. God will enter your life by his Holy Spirit 
and give you purpose, direction, and He will give you that eternal life that's going to last forever so that you can spend eternity with Him. So pray something like this. Say today, Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. I've been running my own life. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus came to this earth, died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven. Come into my life. I commit my life to following you as my Lord and Savior, to doing what you say and not what I want to do. Thank you for giving me eternal life. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you for this Christmas season that reminds us once again of, of the incredible miracle that happened when Jesus was born. We thank you, God, that Jesus, the very creator of the universe, God himself, humbled himself to come to this earth because he loved us so much. Thank you, God, that he died on the cross, that our sins might be forgiven. He paid the price that we could never pay, that we might spend eternity with him. Thank you that he made the way for us to have eternal life and to fulfill his heart's desire of spending eternity with a family of sons and daughters. And so today, we worship you, Jesus, as our creator, as eternal God, as Savior, as Lord, and soon coming King. We pray, God, that you'd use each of us this Christmas season to tell others about who Jesus really is. In his name we pray. Amen.